1: Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot Podcast, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Alan Scott. From celebrity interviews to in-depth coverage of what's happening in film, TV, books, Broadway, music, and the internet, the Parting Shot Podcast is your one-stop shop for everything pop culture. On today's episode, we're talking everything Oscar. That's right. The Academy Awards are this Sunday, march 27th and i will have a fantastic chat about red carpet fashion with writer esther zuckerman who's out with her new book beyond the best dress i'll also have a chat with entertainment reporter and all-around swell guy cameron sheets about who we think will win this year who we think will lose and will lady gaga wear a dress made of salmon that's right you just have to listen to find out what that conversation is about so what are we waiting for let's get to it Okay, so here's the thing about me. I am obsessed with the Academy Awards. Yeah, sure. I love all award shows, but it's the Oscars that really holds the claim to my heart. I remember the first one I ever saw. It was the 1993 Academy Awards, and I watched like a little 10 year old Anna Paquin hyperventilate on stage, actually hyperventilate on stage, as she accepted her Oscar, becoming the second youngest winner in Oscar history. be here today. I'd like to thank Jane, Jan, and Holly for making this all possible. I'd like to thank Eddie Campbell, Pat Quirk, and and Beanie for taking such good care of me during the making of the film. From there, I was hooked. I even went and did a school project about the Oscars where I presented its history and its importance. And no, this wasn't like a college project. I was in grade school. So, start young, right? Over the course of the project, I memorized every single winner of the major awards, the Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, and Supporting Actress. To this day, it's the trick that I show off at the bar. It's my conversation starter. It's just my thing. So you can imagine how excited I am for today's episode, because the thing to watch this week is, you guessed it, the 94th Annual Academy Awards, which will air on ABC this Sunday, March 27th. And guess what? You can watch with me. I'll be live blogging all the twists and turns at Newsweek.com and on Twitter at H. Allen Scott, so be sure to follow along. Okay, first, though, we've got to start with the fashion. What makes this year's awards so exciting is the return of the red carpet after the pandemic. We had a little bitty one last year, but this year's it is back in full force. So I figured I'd speak with an expert on Oscar fashion, Esther Zuckerman, who has a new book out called Beyond the Best Dressed, a cultural history of the most glamorous, radical, and scandalous Oscar fashion. So Esther Zuckerman... You wrote this amazing book, Beyond the Best Dressed, about something that I am obsessed with, Academy Award dresses. Like the outfits that are worn to the Academy Awards, they are iconic, they are staples, they become touch points in sort of any pop culture nerd's sort of history. What inspired you to write? This book.
0: I started thinking about this way back in, um, I want to say a couple years ago. um, I wrote a series for the website Medium, um, where I sort of, which was sort of a test run for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just sort of thinking about the way there wasn't anything really specific. It's just something that's always been on my mind. um, And I was thinking of how can I approach um, Oscar's fashion in a sort of, different way than it's usually approached. I think it's usually sort of boiled down to very quickly, like after the show's like, this is the best dress. This is the worst dress. It sort of like lives on in slideshows for years to come online. Um, And I was sort of thinking how these outfits really, Paint a snapshot both of sort of a celebrity's place in the universe, um, yeah. an actual star, and um, how they can say so much more than just like, you know, what they are on the surface. Um, yeah. Just sort of the idea that um, you can really look at these outfits in their time period from sort of like a socio-political lens um, and a sort of career analysis lens and a sort of star analysis lens. And so that's how I sort of started it. So I wrote a couple of essays um, in that format and then always knew that I sort of wanted to turn it into a book.
1: Have you always been obsessed with the oscars or oscar fashion because i mean some people separate the two some people don't care about the oscars but they very much care about the red carpet
0: yeah i mean i've always it's pretty much always been in tandem for me um i think i write this in my book but i have a very early memory of when i was like around eight or seven years old um and it was the um It was the Gwyneth Paltrow Shakespeare in Love Oscars. Um, And I just like remember being in like my elementary school's computer lab the next day, like (laughs) drawing a picture of the of her like pretty pink dress um, with one of my friends because it was I mean, that dress was such a um, statement. Yeah. And it was so, I mean, like for a little girl who like yeah. had very girly leanings, it was very, it was the, it was so perfect, like girly and pink. And so that was always, I think I probably got into the sort of horse race of the Oscars a little bit later. Cause obviously when you're a real young kid, you're not seeing a lot of the Oscars movies. Um, cause they're a little bit adult for you. Um,
1: I don't know. I was 13 years old, my family went to go see Pocahontas and I snuck in to see Boys on the Side. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I mean a little
0: bit later by the age of like 11 (laughs) because I really got into, I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan when I was a kid. Um, And so I really, and I was really obsessed with the movies. And so I really got in like around the first year that they were nominated, like the fellowship year in 2001, the 2002 Oscars. That's when I really like, I, you know, I grew up in LA and my parents would get like variety and I would like cut out all the like for your consideration ads and like put them on my wall. So like that was around the first time I really started getting into like the horse race of it. And I was also like a little bit older and able to see a little bit more of the films that were in contention.
1: I distinctly remember the first Oscars that were fashion stood out to me was Anna Paquin's hat at the 1993 Oscars. I was I was in grade school then and I was watching the Oscars that I remember for the first time, although I have a distinct memory of Gina Davis on the Oscars before that, but that could have been years before. I don't know. Anyway, Anna Paquin's hat stands out to me. This little girl hyperventilating with a very heavy Oscar next standing next to her. And you write about it in the book. Like th- that that hat is pretty iconic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's real. I think one of the reasons that probably stood out to you as a kid too is this like idea of like, this kid is getting an Oscar. She's so tiny. She's so yeah. like you can almost like you can do this like at that age. That's yes. so crazy. But yeah, I mean, I think her look is very interesting because it is very. She was so sheltered around that time, like in a good way. I think, um, you know, her parents were very. You know, she's this little girl from New Zealand. Her parents. You won for the very, piano,
2: just for. You for the,
0: the yeah. yeah. She won for the piano. That was her first film role. Her parents were very concerned about her doing press sort of entering the Hollywood machine. So it wasn't like, so even compared to some of the other kids, cause I write about two other kids in the book, um, Tatum O'Neill and Quvengene Wallace. And even compared to some of those, like, she feels so much like a kid in that moment too because she's like very um because she was just not really a part of that world at all she feels sort of like otherworldly too with this sort of like elfin like yeah. best and look um whereas I think the other two that I write about obviously they were very much kids but were both sort of like very much like out on the campaign trail in a way yeah
1: yeah Kate O'Neill, famously the daughter of Ryan O'Neill, youngest Oscar winner of ever. You
0: know. yeah. Um, yeah, and her story is very sad as well because um, her dad was yes. he is not, not a nice not man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: notoriously not the nicest person. Yeah. In the world. yeah. Well, so I'm going through your book here, and I want to know if you had to pick out sort of like three outfits, the three people that you wrote about, and you have a long list of people, but three that stand out to you as sort of like the pinnacle of Oscar fashion, what would those three be? Now, while you think of those, I will give my three because I'm looking over this. I have have very clear three ones that are standing out (laughs) to me right now. The first being Lupita Nyong'o. Oh my God, Lupita Nyong'o in that blue sort of heel. I mean, that was... Oh, Barbara Streisand's 1968 Best Actress tie with Catherine Hepburn when she won for Funny Girl. Catherine Hepburn won for The Lion in Winter, I think it was. Um, yes. But she wasn't there because she never picked up her Oscars. So Barbara got yeah. all the spotlight, which I love. And she wore that sort of see-through sort of tuxedo sparkly thing. It was so perfect. And then my other one that I abso- absolutely love is Joan Crawford's pajamas in bed. Yeah. It's- it's my favorite. It's like, the, to me, it's the most iconic Oscar look because if I was winning any award ever, I don't like going places. I would literally yeah. tell them, come to me, I'll be on <laughs> Zoom and I'll be in my bed in yeah. leopard pajamas.
0: Yeah. Um, I think those are all very good choices. I mean, I love Lupita Nyong'o's Prada, um, Blue Prada. I mean, it was such a sort of crowning moment for her. She looked incredible that entire awards season. Um, I don't know. For me, I sort of have to think about it. I mean, I love one of my personal favorites um, is Rita Moreno, um, sort of in her in 1962 when she won for West Side Story um, in a dress. She actually got it in the Philippines when she was filming um, another film. Um, it's sort of this bateau neckline um, with this beautiful pattern Um And then she wore it again in 2018 when she was a presenter, which I just think is, I mean, one of the coolest things you can ever do. Um, I love the fact that she wore it twice and it still looks beautiful. Um, It's maybe not the most, you know, iconic. Um, In terms of just like sheer beauty, I love the dress. A lot of people bring this up, but um, just Michelle Williams, Vera Wang, um, when she was nominated for Brokeback Mountain, I just you know, sort of along the same lines, you know, in terms of, I think if I had, since you already said Lupita's dress, if I had to choose just like pretty (laughs) dresses, like those two would maybe be my favorite in terms of just like beautiful, beautiful gowns that I think are just that sort of stand alone in their beauty, um, as sort of fashion moments. Um, and then I think for me, um, I'd say maybe my um third would be Jane Fonda in 1972. Um wearing yeah, wearing her wearing her black um Yves Saint Laurent suit, which was actually something that she had in her closet, um, you know, as sort of an and as sort of like a somber anti-war statement, but I also think it's a very cool suit on top
1: of that. Yeah. I love when I love when women wear suits to the Oscars. And we, I mean. Who knows this year? I'm thinking like Kristen Stewart might actually, cause she loves to wear a suit. She might wear a suit. And how awesome would that be to see her win in a suit?
0: I'm very excited. She's probably the person, the nominee. I'm most excited to see. Um,
2: Yeah,
0: I, I'm such a fan of her fashion. I'm such a fan of her sense of style. Um, yeah. I'm such a fan of the way, you know, she's a Chanel ambassador. So like, obviously she's wearing very classic high fashion, but she's really in, you know, sort of reinvented it in her own image. Um,
1: yeah. So I, I asked her about in, in, I interviewed yeah. her. And that's something that she was really, it, it, she was really proud of that whole, she has with Chanel and how it was able to be incorporated into the film, Spencer. It was a really sort of,
0: yeah.
1: you know, beautiful sentiment. Esther, thank you so much for being here. Your book is called Beyond the Best Dressed and it's available everywhere and people should get it because there's cute drawings. Who did the drawings? Did you do the drawings too?
0: Um, no, I did not. An amazing illustrator named Montana Forbes did the drawings.
1: Well, Montana Forbes, congrats on the drawings and congrats on the book, Esther. It's fantastic.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Okay, now for my favorite part of the episode. I am so excited. I spoke with Cameron Sheets, one of my favorite people and a fantastic entertainment reporter, about how we think things are going to go this Sunday night at the Kodak Theater. Who will win? Who will lose? And will Lady Gaga wear that dress made of salmon that we previously talked about? Salmon. Yeah, I said it. Salmon. Okay, so I am so excited to have Cameron Sheets back to talk about the Oscars. Now, I could we could we t- we could talk about a lot of different things and waste a lot of time up front but I think we should just get right into it what do you think camera
2: let's get into it so much has changed in a way I feel I like know. since we last talked post nominations
1: it is kind Ooh. of wild and that's also like catnip for us because it's so exciting yeah. to have like this much fluidity in in an award season you know what I mean even though there mm. there really isn't a there really isn't a lot of fluidity because a lot of the categories are pretty clear on who's going to win but some key categories are like up for grabs and it's really kind of exciting. So let's just do it. Let's just do it. Okay. First off, let's do it. The red carpet, which for some people is the only thing they watch. A lot of people don't <laughs> care about the award show. They only care about the red carpet. I care about it all. I'm all inclusive. Who on the red carpet? like, who are you most looking forward to seeing on the red carpet? Ooh,
2: I think that there are quite a few that are really going to be turning it out. But if I had to choose one, it is Kristen Stewart. I think that is a look queen. That's who I have on my through. list too.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally at the top of my list is Kristen Stewart, if obviously we're the same. She is going to look, I'm just I'm just so excited to see what she's going to wear because she is sort of the most fashionable of all of the leading nominees this year. I mean, I, I can't, I love Jessica Chastain, but I'm probably going to be bored by her look. And I love Nicole Kidman, who's gorgeous, but like, mm-hmm. she's not a Kristen Stewart in sort of being like a fashion forward, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you were to ask me right now what it is, I'd probably be terrible at putting words to it. But Kristen Stewart does have a specific style for herself, whereas I think some of these other nominees look gorgeous in so many things. But you just kind of she has a certain silhouette shape she's going yeah. for most of the time. And it always it works so well for her. So I'm so thrilled to see what she does.
1: I had a chat with Esther Zuckerman, who wrote a great book on sort of Oscar dresses. And she was talking about the possibility, which I think is just it, I keep thinking about what she said about this moment that in 1985, when Cher was not nominated for mask best mm-hmm. actress, she came to the Oscars and had that great moment of being like, I got the memo on what it's like to to dress like an Academy award nominee or whatever, or guest. And <laughs> she wore the, like the headdress and the whole thing, like the big dramatic outfit. I'm hoping that lady got, Ga- because Lady Gaga was not yes. nominated for house of Gucci this year. I'm hoping she like, instead of coming in a meat dress, maybe she comes in a salmon dress or something like I'm hoping she comes (laughs) in something ridiculous. Just yeah, she comes in locks. Yeah. (laughs) I, I
2: totally agree with that. And I think it's brilliant. I think we've seen her really play up the like the movie star role when she's shown up at these wards. But now that there's not like, that's just not part of it. She doesn't have to play that role. She can just be exactly who she wants, which you know, as we all know, is a is a total weirdo, and we want to celebrate yeah, that.
1: <laughs> we want to celebrate that. I want her to come in the strangest outfit—very blue, you know, swan dress. Like, I want something the or a credit card dress. Anything. I want her. Maybe she could do a combination of all the weird dresses that have been on the Academy <laughs> of the Carpet. How great would that be? Probably, yes, no, please. Horrible, probably horrible. <laughs> um. So, also this year with the hosts, we have three three female hosts for the first time in Oscar mm-hmm. history with Regina Hall. Um. Oh, Amy Schumer and one sites, Yeah. And uh. And I mean, what are you? I personally, I saw a tweet the other day where they hoped that Regina Hall does again her her <laughs> iconic scene from from uh, Scary Movie.
2: Yeah. Do you hope for that too? I do. I would love that. I would love that. It would just be so funny to get a reference to Scary Movie at the Oscars, and I <sighs> think that we have the right alchemy for that to happen this year. <laughs> Look, <laughs> these three. Like, if you were to just broadly ask me what I'm excited about this weekend at the Oscars. It's honestly to see what these three do. I think it's such a fun combo and I think they all are hilarious in their own ways. Uh, I'm excited to see them play off of each other, but yeah. like bring some of their own sensibility to it. I'm so thrilled for what they're going to do. That is to me like the reason to tune in. Obviously I want to see the awards. I want to see the dresses, but I cannot wait.
1: I'm also really excited because I mean, the show's going to air on ABC, which mm-hmm. is the Disney property. And sure. We have a very, one of the most famous queer people in, you know, the United States, you know, Wanda Sykes up there hosting the Oscars alongside two very, I mean, Amy Schumer's is not known for not holding back. I wonder what they might say about the whole Disney and some of the drama that they've been involved in recently with Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill and other sort of anti-gay bills, queer bills that have, are happening around the United States. Like, I'm excited to hear what Wanda Sykes might say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that possibility, but right with it being on ABC, it's like, we're going to hear something for
1: sure. Oh, I just got real excited. Okay, Ooh. Let's get into the awards because there are sure. some great categories this year. Um, first off, I want to talk about the potential new EGOT, which is a person who wins both an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. In um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's up for yeah. a nomination for Encanto. Do you think we might have a new EGOT in our midst or is Billie Eilish going to come in and be like, it's mine. Cause she whispers everything. Like, I feel like she'll just be like, it's
2: mine. ASMR. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's a, there's like a logical argument to make that it would be Billy's award to lose. But I really do think that Lynn's got it. I mean, this is, well, one, we're talking about Encanto, which has become kind of this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And sure, this isn't, we don't talk about Bruno, but that is kind of, this is Los Orbitas, which is kind of the, the ballad of, of the film. But I thought it was better I,
1: than We we Don't Talk About Bruno. I'm so surprised yeah. that we don't need to talk about Bruno so big because this song is beautiful.
2: It's gorgeous. And so I think that that, you know, there's the heart to it, um, comes at this really pivotal moment of the film. And this is just a year for celebrating Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's done, he's mm-hmm. given it, I mean, tick, tick, boom in the heights you know severely under nominated uh not nominated i guess i should say but he's he's given us so much this year and i think that like over the years especially with hamilton mania there have been folks that have maybe been like we're a little win oversaturated but yeah this feels like the perfect moment and uh he's given us a lot so i would i would personally like the ego
1: yeah and we also haven't had i mean there's there's something to say about you know, a lot of times Oscars are given in in ways that sort of honor past work in addition to mm-hmm. current work. And I think with Lin-Manuel being what he has given both to the film industry these past few years, but also just to culture in general with Hamilton yeah. and so much that I could see him sort of winning for just him being Lin-Manuel Miranda and, fi- yeah. and making sure that he's a part of this exclusive club that he, of course, should be a part of. So sure. I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Another competition this year, which is sort of really exciting and sort of a surprise that it's so sort of contentious is the best adapted screenplay and the best original screenplay. I think a lot of people thought for best adapted that that power of the dog would be a clear winner because it is obviously a leading candidate for best picture, but Coda is looking like a leading candidate. And then for best original screenplay, I mean, people at the Writers Guild Awards were really surprised when Don't Look Up won best adapt or best original screenplay, which is wild i it's so i mean do you what do you think of these two races and like who do you think's gonna win
2: yeah i i mean i i would say original is it feels wholly like a fully like a toss-up right now i mean that don't look up when it was really shocking all of the buzz around that film at least for awards seemed to have fizzled out of late so that was a shocker and i think that's very up in the air i mean Prior to that, I would have told you it was between Licorice Pizza and Belfast. And now I I, I think it's like a three way horse race. Um, I would say the safest bet, just in terms of it being a crowd pleaser, is Belfast. You know, that seems like, especially for the perceived like traditional Academy members, that's like something that's hard to deny. But I mean, the Academy also loves Paul Thomas Anderson uh, as of late. Um, And yeah, don't look up surprising. And, And in terms of, adapted i mean the coda win did seem like a shock but one it has been steamrolling these yeah, past couple weeks it really has. many many awards and two really important to note is that the power of the dog was for a reason that i'm not entirely sure not eligible for the wga so that was not in contention for it. original screenplay there so i don't know necessarily think that that means that it is codas to win i think just in terms of the support it got across the board's nomination day Power of oh. the Dog is still probably the front runner there. Interesting. But that's just my hunch.
1: Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, we'll get to Coda because I have some things. I have some thoughts <laughs> yeah. about Coda, but I, we need to get to the acting categories because those are the ones that people obsess over myself. Mm-hmm. Included. And I will say, now I'm, every year I get excited for the Oscars, but. I hate the years where it's just so expected. You know what I mean? Like the winners are so obvious. And I will say out of three, out of the four awards, (laughs) three of them are pretty clear on who's going to win. And we'll start first with um, best supporting actor. I I don't think anyone can stop Troy um, uh, Coster from winning for Coda. Do you?
2: No, no way. And I think from the minute, I mean, just those, every, every time he's won, He's yeah. given us like this amazing moment, this amazing speech, just so hard to deny. And even before it felt like Coda was this real player for Best Picture, it was just like this was the way to support this film yeah. that I think touched a this lot of is people be in to way. How ways. it's going to win the Oscar, which yeah, is his mm-hmm. award,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think so, it's
2: deserved to. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's he's he is really the heart of of the family element of that of that film. So of course, if if anyone. Was drawn to it in any way. It's like, that's who you give the credit to, yeah. I think. Is
1: yeah, I can, yeah, I came in for Marley Matlin, as I often do. Uh, always. Me. And <laughs> yeah. then I left with Troy. Wow. But
2: I have been so thrilled to see Marley Matlin all season long. I like,
1: know. She is so I'm delightful. you for the renaissance of Marley Matlin. Yes. yes. Oh, so good. Okay. Uh, so, and the other obvious win, which, but it didn't start that way, was best hmm. supporting actress. So, for much of the season, I think it was. Kirsten Dunst's award to lose. I mean, everyone, every, all the talk was around, finally, Kirsten Dunst going to win as yeah. supporting actor. She's going to be nominated for an Oscar. It's going to be a big deal. And now it seems like Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, she's won all of the major awards. And I will say, after I saw West Side Story, I am, I left it because I wanted Kirsten Dunst to win. I'm a, mm-hmm. a stand from early on in oh, vampire boy. days. Like, I am like small soldiers. <laughs> yes. I am the beginning of the career Dunst stand. Yeah. And so I was here for this moment of her winning this award. But then I left West Side Story and I was like, oh, Ariana DeBose, why do you have to be so great? <laughs> why? Oh, why this God. year? She's so good. Do you think, I mean, there's no way she's not going to win. Right.
2: Right. Right. She's just electric. And I I'm with you on that Kiki standing. I mean, she's phenomenal, but I, I just think like you look at these two different performances and they're both exemplary, but Kirsten's is a little more, and maybe nuance isn't the right word because I don't mean to say that Ariana is not nuanced, but it's just a subtler performance and it, it's and boring. it works its way through the oh, thread of the, <laughs> I, I disagree. But, um, I mean, it was a beautiful
1: performance, but half the time I was like, girl, just like drink a Diet Coke and wake up. Like, give me something here. Like, I mean, I thought she did a wonderful job, a beautiful job. And I don't care about the performance. I want Dunst to win an Oscar. That said, during the film, I was a little bit like, please drink caffeine. Wake (laughs) up. (laughs) Say something exciting. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. (laughs) <laughs> okay so aria is gonna win the other boring award sorry but it is is best actor it's not boring because i think will smith is deserving of this Oscar. i'm film.
2: so excited for him yeah
1: it is also kind of like duh will smith is gonna win nobody else can beat will smith in this category he will be crowned that night as the best actor yeah,
2: yeah. and as much as this like award season is a game like he is playing it so well his speeches have been yeah. incredible they're the Look right amount guy. of like yeah. I mean, right. He knows what he's doing, but yeah. no, I, I mean, I, so I'm ready for it.
1: It's that time. It's that time for Will Smith to uh, win yeah. an Oscar. And, I, and he's he's had a career of great performances, but he, he's also sort of a dynamic figure in that, like, he's just he's just sort of in every aspect of our lives in a lot of ways of the mm-hmm. past of our of our lives, of our yeah. whole life from Will Smith or from Bel Air to this. And uh, I don't think I mean, if Will Smith doesn't win, let's say there's a shocker. Right. Who do you think it goes to?
2: I think the odds are on as a dark horse, Benedict Cumberbatch, but you know, that is, that is um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, Will is just so far ahead. I I also feel like there is a lot of strong support for Andrew Garfield. And I think just in terms of that being a a more likable character or more likable portrayal, that's probably almost easier to see as the dark horse winner here um, because you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is playing a, kind of an asshole, but you know, he's got yeah. a lot of issues. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, he also could use a canned Diet Coke. Um, but uh, for best actress, speaking of Andrew Garfield, I will say he does he does win my award for the most uncomfortable scene of the year in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I loved, but The Eyes of Tammy Faye, when Tammy Faye is, is helping him in the bathtub, it was. Perhaps the most uncomfortable scene I think I've ever seen in a film this past year. And I'm here for it. I loved it. I love. it. Congrats, Andrew Garfield. Thank you, Andrew Garfield. You are winning this award from the parting shot. Um, So speaking of Jessica Chastain and Best Actress, the Best Actress category is, now I'm always here for the Best Actress category, but this year it is like a drug. It is just, it is so exciting. I am on the edge of my seat not just because I've been binge eating over stress over who's going to win best actress. Like I am dying over this best actress award. So it started off, I think early, early on, when people saw um, Kristen Stewart as Diana, that they were like, okay, of course she's going to win. And then she won nothing. She like crickets in the award thing. And somewhere out of nowhere, the part that nobody saw coming, Nicole Kidman, for being, there. everyone thought that was going to be a complete excuse my French shit show. Turned out to be an Oscar frontrunner for Best Actress. But yep. Jessica Chastain came out of nowhere and did something, and now people are saying that there's like a chance that it another Olivia Colman moment. She might like the Glenn Close and the Lady Gaga canceling out and, and Olivia winning. She might be even able to sneak in there and win too. What's going on, Kim? <laughs>
2: I don't know, but I am simultaneously like an anxious wreck about it and so thrilled. This is exactly what I want. We've, we've almost gotten to this point where even if the perceived frontrunner Jessica Chastain wins, it still feels like a surprise. No matter who wins, we're going to feel surprised. And that is exactly what I want. I, I mean, the door is, feels wide open.
1: Yeah. Who do you want? Who do you want? Like, I, I know you think we'll win, but who do you want?
2: We talked about it before that we both love Chris and Stuart and like what she does and Spencer, right? We're firmly in that camp. I will say, I also am and so I'm so in love with Penelope Cruz. I think that yeah, yeah. Carol Mothers is maybe her, her best work to date, which is saying so much. That bar is so high for her. So that would be a real shock. Um, I'd be so thrilled if that were hers. But I do really like all of these nominees. Um, I, I really do. So I, I can't, I, I think it feels like a win almost no matter what.
1: It does in a weird way. I mean, part of me, <laughs> this is so hard. So part of me wants Jessica Chastain to win for the camp of it all. You know what yes. I mean? Like it is, it's when I saw that film, I was like, this is like a mommy dearest in that it will go down as just a camp classic of just like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> and then part of me also wants Nicole Kimman to win for the very same reason because it is, it is. I mean, I love a film that comes out that everyone thinks is going to be crazy and bad, and it turns out that she actually did pretty great in it, and she, like yeah. was she convincing. Did. But then another part of me wants that complete like egg in the face. No one saw it coming. Ha ha! Jokes on you. Kristen Stewart gets up there and goes, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just sort of laugh." But then again, another part of me wants Olivia Coleman to do the exact I same know. thing. And just tell because that scene of her telling telling the the the, the woman that she's not going to give up her seat for her family, like, is there a bigger flex this year on film than that moment? I don't think so.
2: Yeah. And, and remember how good her last best actress speech was. Like I, if people are voting for her, part of it might be because they want that magic again. Like we know she's going to be amazing.
1: And I want it. And I want, I want want that. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm going to be texting you on Sunday nights. Yes. So many times. (laughs) Okay. So the, the last, the last categories, I should say that we need to talk about are best director and best picture. And they kind of go hand in hand because oftentimes in Oscar history, the best director winner is the same as best picture. They it's they're, they're often exactly the same. And, but in recent years, there's been a lot of sort of Mm -hmm. like different films winning for best director and best picture. And it's looking like this year could potentially also be going in that direction. Now, I don't think there's any way Jane Campion could be stopped from winning best director. She, it is her time. She is a legend in directing in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. She gave a polarizing speech at the critics choice awards, but I think she's bounced back from that. And it's, it's just it's it would be and it would be a a, a, a first for two two women to win back to back best director, yeah. which is like a huge for Hollywood. So no one's going to stop that. But for best picture, it's between the power of the dog. But maybe Coda. That's it's, yeah. it's like it's kind of going in that direction. I mean, even I think a Go month Kirby ago we did Coda. Yeah, right.
2: I, I Again, I, th- I think a month ago we would never have thought that, but it has really become this. I I think like the head versus the heart sort of thing. Like, I think you can look at the power of the dog as more cerebral. Um, You know, this great work of craft on so many levels, but Coda is just this undeniable feel good event sort of family, whole family can watch together thing. Yeah, And it's hard to see how the way that we vote for best picture, not we, I mean, I'm not in the Academy yet uh, the way that, that is voted for, the preferential ballot, how something like CODA doesn't do well. Because I'm thinking like, you know, if I were to rank all of these, it's not my favorite. It's not in my top three, but I'm still, it's not going to be at at last because, you know, I walk away from that feeling good. (laughs) I I think that that is only going to help it. Obviously this last month of it, steamrolling all these award shows, there's just so much momentum behind it.
1: Who do you, what is your favorite to win? Like who would, if you, if you picked the best picture winner, who would you pick?
2: It is the power of the dog for me with a bullet. And <laughs> I, I can't, I think I would probably give it the award in almost every category it was nominated. I'm such a stand for that movie. <laughs> I've been power of the dog killed.
1: <laughs> I, if I could give an award, if I, if I picked the best picture winner, I would probably choose. Now this is going to be weird. I would choose West Side Story, but not for West Side mm. Story. Not for West Side Story. I would choose it for Ariana DeBose twirling in the song America just in the street flying through the air with the, a, red, yeah. the red the red tool under her dress shuffling around. I mean, I, that's to me, that's the best moment in cinema this year is just Ariana DeBose doing that performance. It was so mesmerizing, so perfect, but I also get why the power of the dog, even though I did find it kind of boring, I get why it's a great picture. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker. I'm one of those people that I think, like sometimes the Oscars goes in a direction of sort of like high art high, and the, mm-hmm. the artists are the ones choosing it. And I get that artists see something in the power of the dog that maybe me as a general consumer of like, Oh, I just want to feel something and maybe have a snack at the movies that, 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 you know, I, <laughs> I have a different reaction to performances in the films and stuff. So I get it. I get why. And I would be happy with the power of the dog to win. But I also wonder like the Oscars we're at a moment in, in Hollywood where box office is down Like, numbers are not good. You might benefit from giving the Best Picture prize to a film that could have a wide appeal, could have a huge theatrical appeal to a lot of different people like Coda.
2: I think you're spot spot on there, certainly.
1: Well, Cameron, where can people follow you so that they can follow along with what I'm assuming will be a parade of tweets on Sunday night for the Oscars?
2: Just all caps, letters, just gnashing the keyboard, (laughs) screaming. Yes, you can follow me at Cameron Sheets. That's it's my name. So it's it's pretty Wonderful. pretty simple. So please find me there. I cannot wait to like just bask in the madness
1: with everyone. <laughs> well thank you, Cameron, so much. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's such a good time, always.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shop podcast. If you like what you just heard and you better have, because I was very excited about it please leave a little rating and review and share it on social media. You can also follow me at HL and Scott on everything. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all social platforms. Until then, grab a snack, watch something fun, and have a great day.